Haunted Hills of Pennsylvania comes a podcast dedicated to all of the pop culture that made you afraid to turn the lights out. This is a symphony of horror. Welcome back, boils and ghouls, and all you children of the night. We are back with today's episode, which is our first uh, kind of small milestone on the show. Um, We made it to number five. Uh, So to celebrate, we're going to talk about our top five favorite modern vampire movies, Twilight being number one. Oh, God, don't even Am I still making Twilight jokes? I mean... The movie came out ten years ago. Has it been? Yeah. I'm just glad. And now he's Batman. anymore. Yeah. And in The Lighthouse, which is like my favorite oh, movie of all time. But yes, he's, there's a picture of him in our room yeah, now. Yeah, there, there is. Mostly because Willem Dafoe. But who is appearing on our list today? Willem Dafoe. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But anyway. <laughs> um, before we get into it, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Symphony of Horror Podcast and Twitter at Symphony Horror so you can keep up to date with our episodes and tell us what movies you want to hear us talk about. And don't forget, we are available on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, and many other major uh, podcast streaming platforms. Uh, so be sure to leave us a five-star review and share our posts with your friends so we can grow a wider community and bring all of you even better episodes and keep the conversation going outside of the podcast. And now, the Symphony of Horror brings you our Modern Vampire Top 5. So this is pretty cool. That we're yeah. doing, we're, we're on our fifth episode, which is eight away from the, uh, what I was told, um, was the, the, uh, the, the number of episodes that most podcasts never get past is 13. Mm-hmm. So we only have to do nine more and we're in the fucking clear. That'll, we're going to make 1200 episodes. <laughs> going to talk about all every right. horror movie ever made. Hopefully not all in quarantine. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully at some point. <laughs> probably around episode 900 or so. We should be good. <laughs> we'll get we should, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Be allowed. Um, <laughs> so this one was actually a lot of fun because it got, it kind of forced us to revisit a bunch of horror, a bunch of vampire movies. Yes. Which are not outside of like one or two on the list. We don't really watch that frequently. No. Cause I, so. honestly, not too many come to mind other than the ones on our list. Yeah, the ones maybe like a couple others. But right. Yeah. Like if I'm watching a vampire movie, and this is probably going to be down the road, because um, I wanted to keep it with some more accessible stuff first, and then the longer we, you know, do the podcast and everything, I'm just going to knock everything over and punch <laughs> my microphone. Um, but like the, the my favorite horror, my favorite vampire movies are all like the Hammer stuff. Yeah. True. You know, Christopher Lee and Basil Rathbone and all them. You know. Um, but, you know, but I wanted to sort of keep it a little bit more modern, you know, because we grew up, we grew up on the Matrix underworld scene, so. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, I do remember underworld from when I was younger. It was like, I don't know. Well, back in the early 2000s, if it it didn't have sunglasses and long leather trench coats, it just wasn't even worth watching for me. I mean, they do look super cool, and I want a long trench coat. Also because of Spike from... Buffy the Vampire Vampire Slayer. Slayer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, so coming in at number five um, is, so we we kind of each picked one of our own favorites, like our own separate favorites, and then the other three were sort of our, uh, like our combined favorite 
mm-hmm. vampire movies. So for number five um, is my one of my personal favorite uh, vampire movies, which is a film called Shadow of the Vampire, starring Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. And John Malkovich. Yes. And it is an historic but fictional take on the urban legend that the famous director F.W. Murnau cast Max Schreck for the part of Count Orlok in 1922's legendary film Nosferatu because he actually was a vampire. That actually was like a rumor going around at the time because nobody had ever really seen Max Schreck in anything before. Mm -hmm. And apparently he did freak out all of the people on set (laughs) because he never took his fucking costume off, you know, and he was just doing the creepy, you know, oh, it's the best. I mean, it's like, it's, it's so cool to know that they were doing method acting in 1922. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's not just Christian Bale, you know, like, you're not special. Like, we've been doing this for, like, over a hundred years, you know, it's like, or under a hundred years, I guess, it's 98 years since, right? Yeah. Yeah. Since 22? I can, I can barely do math. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this, this movie is just such a gem to me. It's, it's so ridiculous. It's, yeah. No, it it totally is. I mean, everything from Malkovich's bad German accent. I love him. Oh, he's just the best. I love John Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. Malkovich, Malkovich. All yeah. I can think of when I see <laughs> yeah. him is that movie. <laughs> and uh, and of course Willem Dafoe being Willem Dafoe, which as is Max Count- Shrek. Yes. Count Orlock. Count Orlock, Max Shrek. Yeah. He's incredible though because, uh, like. If I saw him, I probably wouldn't have guessed that that was Willem Dafoe. Right. There, there was only one scene in that entire movie where I could like see Willem Dafoe. It's his you know? eyes. And then everything, <laughs> right? But then every every other scene with him, I'm like, that's just an that's just a vampire, that's, like yeah, some for real. ancient Romany <laughs> vampire from the Carpathians, you know, that's been living off of it's like rats we were or whatever. Like, yeah. The documentary of right. Nosferatu. Yeah. But, um, but actually it was funny because like right after we got done watching that movie, we actually found that one kind of rare picture of Max Shrek where you can actually see like That's how right. bad his mm-hmm. makeup actually yeah, was. Yeah, like a close up. Yeah. Like, seeing edges. You can see like the edge of his bald cap like coming up dead even with his eyes and you can see like the cardboard that they used for, for the pointed ears. ears and shit. Yeah. So it's like other people probably didn't want to get that close to him right. to be able to. So maybe it was just the fact the that no They're one like, ever got within fine. forty feet of him <laughs> to be like, oh, it's just a dude in a costume. But yeah. yeah wait a second. Those aren't real ears. It's just, but that was the one scene, and I think it was the scene where Malkovich and uh, where Murno and Shrek get into the argument in the in the crypt of his castle. Mm-hmm. Where they're like yelling at each other, and then yes. Murno and and then um, Shrek ends up like pinning him up against the wall, and he's like. You know, does the whole like sort of rises from the dead look, and he Bunny scares the, scares the hell out of her. Now, that's the actually the only scene I could see Willem Dafoe in. I, yeah, 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 because I think that's when like his eyes he got angry, of course. Yeah. So his eyes bulge yeah. out, and then it's Willem Dafoe's eyes you're like, right you're there. Just the Green Goblin. Calm yeah. Down. <laughs> uh, such cool teeth. Yeah. No, I love that movie. Um, I guess he does play. People with the giant eyes and giant teeth. Well, that's kind of. Himself. I mean, what is he? What is he gonna? What else is he gonna do? You know. Ugh. I mean, to be fair though, Willem Dafoe did play Jesus Christ though. What? Yeah, he played. Uh, he played Jesus in um, the uh, Last Temptation of Christ by Martin Scorsese, and it's brilliant. <laughs> I didn't know like, that. Like supremely fucked up, but it's brilliant. Uh, oh. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So it's like he can he can span the gamut. I mean, you know. He's he kind of always has, like that beard and yeah. 
But I mean, we all know that he's not Jesus Christ because he's not lie. Nicolas Cage. Oh. So. <laughs> Get out of here with your love for Cage. You someday we'll be together. Actually, um, this is the first movie that your precious Nicolas Cage produced. That is correct. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was interesting to find out. I didn't know that he... He does a lot of production, actually. Well... I don't know. I, I can't really name anything off the top of my head that he was a producer for. But, but you know that he I know is. that he... Like, every <laughs> yeah, now and then I'll that. just be watching something and then in the production it'll just say, Produced by Nicolas Cage. And I'm like, weird? Okay. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> Hmm, I seem to like it just a little bit yeah, more now. Yeah, no, it's just like, it's just gone from like an okay movie to like a brilliant piece of cinema. Okay. <laughs> Listeners, if you, can, if you can't tell, um, Nicolas Cage is my favorite actor of all time. And yes, I will defend that to the grave. You so. have a shirt with his face on it. I do. I do, as a matter of fact. Several of his faces. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yep. It's amazing. It's, it says uh, Nicolas Cage Free Hens on it. Cage-free eggs. Cage-free eggs. <laughs> and all of the eggs, your brother got it for me, Mick yeah. got it for me. Um, the chicken and all of the eggs on this t-shirt all have Nicholas Nicolas Cage's faces. different faces from like face off and like <laughs> Kiss of the Vampire, <laughs> like all this crazy shit. But yeah, no, he's, he's, he's the best. Another person but. with crazy eyes. Yep. That one picture. No, I just, I just, I guess I just like actors that are completely unhinged and don't give a shit what movie they're in as long as they're having fun. True. You know, that's really, you know, like. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta have fun. But anyway, um, what else we got here? Oh, something that you pointed out to me about this, um, is the lighting. Mm -hmm. And how they... A lot of it was filmed during the daytime, but then yeah. made to look like it was yeah. nighttime. Well, not not for the actual for the for the scenes that they filmed for Nosferatu in the movie, like the movie within the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, the cameras weren't power like in the twenties. The cameras weren't powerful enough most of the time to film in at nighttime. Yes. So yes, what they would what do was. is like that that famous opening scene of Nosferatu where. Um, the main character, whose name, of course, escapes me because I can never remember anything other than Jonathan Harker, because it's <laughs> technically Dracula, even though it's not. Um, but the main character goes up to the gates, and Nosferatu is at the door, and the door opens and scares him and everything. And that that scene was actually filmed at noon, from oh, what wow. I, from what I understand. And then, and that's why it's so bright and mm-hmm. so, and you know, you're kind of like, well, why is a vampire out, you know, in the daytime? And then at that time, what they would do is that instead of filming it at nighttime and struggling with the lighting and everything, is that they would actually film it during the day and then add a blue filter yes, over yes. top of it. So it would have like the appearance of it being nighttime. Mm-hmm. And then, you a know, interior, easier, I'm sure it was, too. right. Yeah. It was, it was a lot easier back then to cheat the indoor shots than it was the outdoor shots. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, you know, so the, I, I always did think that that was interesting, but that's actually a trick that they still use in cinema. Today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, there was there was a Queen of the Damned. I was just gonna say, yeah. So a movie that didn't make it on our list. It did, and then it didn't. Yeah, it did, and then we rewatched it, and I realized that I wasn't did 12, not twelve years old anymore. Yeah, it did not hold up very well. Yeah, that I was mean, probably the first time we had seen it. And that movie, like, made me 
fall in love with vampires. Though. Right. Like, I love them. I wanted to be. So one we'll, we'll give it like 12. an honor. We'll give it like an honorable mention. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Great soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Great soundtrack. Don't listen to him. <laughs> I mean, I'll get I'll get down with the sickness. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> we have enough issues going on in the world right now. Um. But yeah, no, there was, was a, there a was a scene, scene yeah. in in Queen of the Damned, um, and it's the scene where Marius is it's on, the, on it's, the beach. Yeah, it's the scene where Lestat is going in to the underground crypt where Akasha and Enkil are being kept under his um, under the castle Not and everything. Um, and uh, and I'm sorry, by the way, listeners, that there are a bunch of noisy kids that my microphone is for some reason picking up outside. I know there are but, never kids on that side of the house, right? Either, so. Yeah, it's bizarre. But anyway, so there's there's a scene where Marius is out and he's and he's like one of the old master vampires and he's painting on the beach and You pointed out to me. And you I just like, go, wait, Oh, wait. blue filter, yeah. that's daytime. <laughs> You're like, That's really blue, you yeah. said? Yeah, and it's like because then you look at the other scenes surrounding it and it's really simple cinema magic. No, you it, know? it it is because was it it was a scene like right before that where they were filming on the beach when he kills the right. violin. And that was filmed at night. At nighttime. And you can definitely tell the difference yeah. because the lighting for the one scene, of course, was so much better than the blue filter. Lighting. Right. But yeah. But it's but you don't even think about it unless you no. knew what you were looking for. Yeah, exactly. You know, your brain just registers, oh, that's nighttime. Well, and you go on with it, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, and uh, there was one other thing from, from uh, Shadow of the Vampire that I really enjoyed. Um... Well, the just ending scene. Well, yeah, just the ending scene in general. I love, I love the fact that in that movie, the actual death of Orlock is the death of is, Orlock. Yeah, the actual know? no. That, so it's that like, whole entire ending scene was just right. incredible. So cool, but that would just sort of imply that every time you watch Nosferatu, you're technically watching a vampire snuff film because <laughs> you're actually watching Orlock die. But anyway, oh poor guy. <laughs> Um, so then on to number four. This is Allie's personal favorite on the list. From Dusk Till Dawn. From Dusk Till Dawn. Which is the story of two brothers on the run after committing a violent bank robbery and they hijack the RV of a former pastor and his family and in a sudden twist, they find themselves battling a horde of vampires in a biker bar on top of an Aztec temple. That was entirely too much fun to write when I was getting this ready. Like that was just okay, and then and then what happens? And then what happens? It's a then, wild ride from start it's, to finish. It's just this movie is so incredibly underrated. Seriously, and it. So when I first saw it, I, my friend Nick just told me just like just watch it, just trust me. Yeah. Didn't tell me anything about it. I'm like, all right, cool. Like this action movie with Clooney. And, Quentin Tarantino, and I don't even think, like, at the time I knew who Tarantino I had no idea. was. Like, I, no. I had seen Pulp Fiction, maybe. I don't know I don't even in the think timeline. I've seen it in but that it was point. like, yeah. yeah. But I was just like, oh, that guy's kind of weird looking. Yeah. I don't know like, who George Clooney is, but it was but so weird. He looks weird. like my friend, actually. He looks like Tom. He reminds me of Tom, Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino? Tom. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like, one of my one of my favorite things about that movie, though, is that if you had if you had not seen any of the trailers, because I don't even think that the I don't trailers even. Know what even the trailers were. Right. I don't either. But it was like, I don't even think that the trailers even remotely hinted at the fact. I would hope not. That least, it did yeah. a complete 180 and then suddenly you went from, you know, Tarantino crime movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. An easy, easy Action sequel to Reservoir Dogs. 
which I've never seen. Right. But I know. Which we'll get around trivia. to. We'll get around to. It. Okay. Of course. Yes. But There's it's a just lot like, of movies. But it goes from that, fun. you know, like from Reservoir Dogs mm-hmm. to Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. You know, yeah. just instantly. And it's so cool because you just kind of go, I'll never forget the first time I saw it. No, me neither. Because my dad told me, it was like, oh, it's by Tarantino. Like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Because he had always told me about all the Tarantino movies and shit. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, this sounds pretty cool. And I was like, isn't that the dude, the dude with the tattoo, isn't that the guy from Ocean's Eleven? (laughs) (laughs) With the giant (laughs) neck tattoo? Yeah. And, uh, and then... That I think was Clooney's idea. I think I was reading that that was... Was it? Yeah. Nice. His idea to do that because of something else he had seen previously. I can't remember. Probably because I haven't seen it, so... Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's just, it just, it, it's such a fun movie. And anything to me that's by Tarantino, like, is just the best script possible, especially with dialogue. I was going to say the most, like, the most easy. It's just, it's word natural. That I'm missing. Natural. Yes, there we go. Yeah, it's <laughs> just a super dialogue. natural dialogue. And, like, the, I honestly would probably say that From Dusk Till Dawn might be the horror movie with the best script ever written. Because it's just, it's so seamless. Like, you know, there might be some plot holes and it's not a very, like, edifying, dark, terrifying movie, you know? Mm -hmm. But it's just so hilarious and so over the top. But the script and the way that all of the characters interact with each other is so much fun. Yeah. And so believable. Yeah, believable that they're a family and then... yeah. And it's just nice to see Harvey Keitel playing a southern preacher as opposed to, like, somebody in the in the mob. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a nice, wholesome guy. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, another thing that Tarantino, I guess... Well, Pulp Fiction was 94, right? Mm-hmm. I know this was 96. Is In this movie, again, they say be cool a lot. Yeah. Which I think... Well, Tarantino basically came right off of making Pulp Fiction and then wrote the script for this. For like $1,500? 1500 bucks in a favor. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Which is just so cool that he would just be like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, sure. And it turned out amazing. Yeah. Yeah, And and added bonus is that Robert Rodriguez directed it. Yes. Who's just one of my favorites. Definitely. He's 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 a man for all seasons, honestly, because he's just so all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even his bad movies are fun. Like Spy Kids are fun. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I remember seeing them in theaters. Yeah. Isn't the the third one was three D, right? Yeah. Spy Kids three D. Yeah. Right? And interesting tidbit about that. Did you read the Did you read the trivia about Danny Trejo? No, just in about your, how just in my notes, I just have Danny Trejo. That's true. <laughs> In every one of Robert Rodriguez's movies that Danny Trejo is in, he his name is a knife or a blade of some type. Oh, so in Spy machete. Kids, no, so in Spy Kids, his name is Machete. Are you serious? Yeah. So his nickname in Spy Kids is Machete. So that when they made Death Proof and like the the Grindhouse movies, I guess Robert Rodriguez just had the idea to make a trailer sort of based loosely off of the same guy, but made it like hyper violent R rated. And then we got two of the most ridiculous movies ever made, which is machete and machete kills. But but fuck me. I love Danny Trejo too. Oh, he's incredible. He's the best. There's a ton of great cameos in this movie. Um, did you know that in every movie that he plays a bad guy in, he, he, he writes into his contract that he has to die. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no, and this, it's actually really cool. So he used to be like a gang member, and he committed crimes and like spent uh-huh. a long time in prison and everything. He wrote it into every one of his scripts that if he plays a villain, he has to be killed because he wants kids who are seeing those movies to see that crime doesn't pay and you'll end up dead. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my god, what a great person. Yeah, it's really cool. And now he owns like an award-winning taco restaurant in California, and that's one of the main reasons why I want to go to to California. Yeah, his Instagram is just tacos. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. He's the best. Great guy. (laughs) Great guy, we love him. Yep. Danny Trejo. Alkaline Trejo. Alkaline Trejo, yeah. (laughs) One of my personal favorite shirts ever. But like I was saying, there's a bunch of good cameos in this movie. Um, Danny Trejo, of course. Cheech Marin, which, hey, it's 420, so. Yeah. Hey. Hey. (laughs) He plays, Cheech actually plays three different characters in the movie. The border control cop. The (laughs) guy who's shouting outside the titty twister in the end. Mm -hmm. And the, what was he? He was like the. He was like the mafia, like the mob leader. Well, the the drug cartel head at the very end. Yeah. The, yeah, no, I, I thought it was Incredible. so, like, there's no explanation and there's no rhyme or reason to it either. They were just like, fuck it, let's make Cheech three different people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't even think that was in the trivia. It's just like, we were watching it and it's like, no, wait a second, that's him again. No, they just have him playing time. three different people, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, Tom Savini, which, uh, the day before we watched this, or was it the night? It was the same It was night. the same day, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of Tom Savini. Right. We were like, wait a second, from Dust Till Dawn, are you serious? Yes. Yeah. Because Tom Savini is in it, and yeah. he's an incredible Speaking of another human. cool cat. Oh like, my god, yeah. I would love to meet him. Yeah, I would just same. go to his school. Yeah. Let's just do it. Once I'm at a, once I'm at a barber school, we'll that just would... jump over there so I can make all the masks we make. We'll just have go, really yeah. sweet hair. Just go to school again, yeah. it's fine. Just keep <laughs> spending money on education that's never going to get us anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but Tom Savini, um, and then Greg Nicotero. Now, correct me if I'm wrong really quick. But Savini did not do the makeup correct. for... For From Dust Till Dawn, yeah. correct. Yeah. Okay. He was just an actor in it. Right. Um, Greg Nicotero was the one who did the makeup. Okay. And he has Greg Nicotero, done... for those of you who don't know... Oh, sorry, I think you were just Yeah, yeah, and he has done The Walking Dead. Yeah. <laughs> so you've probably heard of him, obviously. And he was sort of a student that. of, or a, a partner of Savini of when Savini, Savini was yeah. first starting out. Yeah. And they're friends, and you, you see him for, like, a split second, yeah. and it's when Savini, like, grabs his beer from a whip yeah. with a whip from him. So funny. And I don't think I even realized that that was him until we were reading the trivia for oh, this yeah. last time that we watched it. And, um, yeah, no, I, uh, no, I've, I've always thought that that was really cool. I love that. Um, Savini, he's just a fascinating dude. Definitely. Like, no, that documentary was yeah. incredible. Yeah, if anybody if anybody ha- wants to watch a decent documentary, it's it's I think it's actually just called Tom Savini and it's on Amazon mm-hmm. uh, Amazon Prime for free. Just so interesting, not very long either. It was only like an hour and twenty minutes yeah, long. Yeah, yeah. Um, just but gives you a very brief at all. Like, No, not had... at all. Well, it's also the the thing that I really liked about it is that ninety percent of it is just him telling stories about his life. It's not yeah, a bunch yeah. of other people sort of hero worshiping him. Mm-hmm. It's just him talking about his life and all of the things that he did and all of the things that he went through. Even though it- only seems like people have good things to say about right him, so. yeah apparently the guy's just an angel so. yeah yeah the sweetest person super talented was yeah you know in the army yeah i love the story about the duck in vietnam <laughs> if you guys if you guys want to if you guys want to listen to a good story check that out 
about how a duck saved his life in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> um, another cameo, Selma Hayek. Yep. Which, that scene, uh, I was reading that she was actually terrified of snakes, but Robert Rodriguez told her that Madonna was going to get that position. Yeah. So she went to therapy for two months to um, <laughs> get rid of her fear of snakes so she could do that dance. That's which was wonderful. not choreographed either. Right. That was just her... Just feel the music. Hike. You know, yes, yeah. honey. So good. <laughs> Love that scene. And, That's uh, amazing. Though. And then Robert Rodriguez himself is in the band. He's in the band. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, he's in the uh, Tito and the Tarantula is the name of the band. <laughs> and, uh... All right, thank you all. Good night. And they all explode. <laughs> explode, yeah. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah, no, that was, that was really fun. Um, I do, however... You know, I... I I've completely, like, I pro- it was probably about ten years ago that I saw that movie the last time. Maybe a little bit more recently, but it's I been used a, to watch long it a long time since I've seen uh-huh. it. I completely forgot about the fact, at the very end, it pulls out, and it shows oh, you it shows that you're, where you've it been is. in the top of an Aztec <laughs> pyramid. Uh-huh. And I'm just, I'm like, I was so floored the first time I saw that. And two nights ago, we watched it again. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god, that is the coolest thing ever. Like, this is literally just ancient evil. You know, it's... it's The scariest, grossest looking vampires. Yeah. Like, I've ever that's seen. That's my only complaint about the movie. Is that they're gross? No, it, not that they're <laughs> gross. It's that they're not very powerful. You know, vampires are sort of these, like, hyper, like, super strong, super powered creatures. And, like, a teenage girl, a teenage boy, an old man, and two hardened criminals manage to fight their way through... Kind of one criminal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Tarantino dies early. But, I mean, like, even with that, Mm -hmm. like, they get through them very quickly and they mow them all down. True. Very true. And that's sort of well, my only thing is that they're a little bit to me they're a little bit closer to zombie than they yes, are I can vampire. See that, definitely. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. It's still super fun, and you know you can they're change the blood. you can change the mythology, however you want to make it work for the story. So yeah, you know, yeah, no, but I I, I do I did really, it's 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 a good thing that I to revisit that movie after ten years, mm-hmm. and to like it as much as I did the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. Because it's just, I mean, it's pure Tarantino. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. just, it's so much fun. But anyway, so then we have our third film on the list. Um, we have Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1994, which is a very true-to-source retelling of the classic novel. True-to-source comparatively to the other tellings of Dracula that mm-hmm. we've had. Where they change a lot. Um, this one, so I don't, I don't necessarily think that acting wise, it's particularly a very good movie. Yeah. I think it's a little bit too over the top, but visually, so extra, like so ridiculous. Keanu, I love you, Keanu. Yeah, we love you. This is just like us but... dude crushing on <laughs> male celebrities, I guess. But. This episode. I, I guess we understand. Yeah. Keanu was burnt out from the other movies. So yeah, he had been in like three or four movies rapid fire before nothing leading else up to this to give. one. But Poor guy. Gary Oldman, though, Gary Oldman as Dracula is inspired. He's... And he is incredible. Incredible. Like, 
just some of the best acting I've ever seen. I mean, the guy dropped his voice an octave to be yeah. able to do Dracula. Yeah. Which I didn't think was physically possible outside of singing to be able to do that. And also, I can't imagine him being in that much makeup. Right. For so long. Right. Um, in all of those scenes. Well, I guess, like, the younger scenes, he wasn't really wearing much, but... He, he just on screen and then off screen, he just sounds like... A blast. Oh, yeah. I love Old Man, no, too. No, it's just... Like, I will... another great person. <laughs> yeah. And no. Winona. is great. Winona is you. just... I've been in love... <laughs> I've been in love with Winona since, like, 1996. <laughs> Winona forever. Yeah, Winona forever. <laughs> but, uh, uh... Gary Oldman is just one hell of a guy. And he's... <laughs> and, well, he's such a dedicated actor. Definitely. It's like... I mean, his, his acting spans so many different characters it's just not even funny like he's got dracula he played sid vicious from the sex pistols and just absolutely from in sid and nancy he's sid vicious in sid and nancy oh yeah he's amazing he disappears he looks just like him he lost like 30 pounds to play him and it's it's a miserable movie because i mean it's the true story (laughs) of how sid vicious and nancy spongeon died but um and then he played like the scar victim in hannibal He's like the dude that's all covered in scars uh-huh. and burned to pieces, and he's in the ha- wheelchair. I watched that. I watched that movie like four times, and then I had to look it up on IMDb because I'm like, who's the dude? Who is that guy? Who's the dude in the gimp suit? You know, and yeah. it was just like, oh my god, that's Gary Oldman. Yeah. You know, and then he was Jim Gordon in the in the Chris Nolan Batman movies. Batman, yep. Um, he's Sirius Black. Sirius Black. Of um, who's he's the best actor in any of those movies. He was my favorite character. He is in those. Always my favorite character, besides great a, guy. besides Snape. Yes, but, of course. No, those are um, amazing. Um, but yeah, no. Who's but, in Leon the Professional? Yeah. The Fifth yeah. Element. Fifth Element. He's amazing in the Fifth <laughs> Element. He's totally over the top in that. Just actually great in everything. Yeah. No, he's he's no, this phenomenal. This is just actor. a bunch of man crushes. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's next? <laughs> What are we going to talk about how much we love next? Anthony Hopkins. Let's go. No. Um, well, I mean, yeah. the next episode. Yeah. There's some good ones. No. Yeah. Too, but. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like with, with Dracula, it was just, it was just really cool because a lot of the time they sort of skim over like the letter correspondence between everybody. Which I'm glad. It's, they kept the important ones in, uh-huh. but like the book. Don't get me wrong, I completely understand what Dracula has done to the horror genre. I understand how important it is. Fuck that book. Mm-hmm. That book is the most tedious thing I have ever read in my entire life. I would rather read Frankenstein by Mary Shelley five times in a row before I ever have to read Dracula again. I, just, I thought I've it was tedious. I've always known that you didn't like either oh, of those books, and I haven't awful. read either of them. No, so. I, do, I do like Frankenstein. You do? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Frankenstein is awesome. The way that she writes. It's ju- well, I mean, it's old. It's okay. just a very much more Victorian style of writing, so it's mm-hmm. a little bit more difficult to sort of get into the pattern and the way that the words work and everything, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, do like, I do like Keanu for what he does. Of course. Um, and that, and Winona's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was actually reading um, the scene when Mina Winona recalls her previous life as Elizabeth. She says she remembers a land beyond a great forest. Land beyond the forest is the literal meaning of Transylvania. 
And it's so such cool. like a little line that they put yeah. in there that I feel like unless you knew that that was coming up, you would have no idea like, oh, right. okay, cool. But yeah, it means Transylvanian, I think. That was a cute little like... Yeah, it's a cool way to, to pay homage to the actual country. Um, this is also, if I'm not mistaken, one of the only Dracula movies where they actually sort of combined the Vlad Tepish, Vlad Dracul from actual real history mm-hmm. with the Dracula from Bram Stoker's novel. Um, so it was like, and I mean, even the, the uh, going back to the whole over the top thing, mm-hmm. the suit of armor. Oh the, my God. The, the muscle. Vlad, it's, it's exposed wolf. It's like an exposed muscle suit where he's the like very half beginning. human, half wolf. <laughs> it's ridiculous. No, it's, and it's even on the, what is it's on the DVD cover too. Yeah. And like it, the entire movie is dramatic. It's yeah. so dramatic. Everyone. And, but I do like it that there are like almost no, no extra. CGI special effects in it though. Yeah. Which no, I think. Reading about that was really interesting. Yeah. About how they would like layer film over top of each other. Like his yeah. eyes in the yeah. scene where Keanu was in the. Like in the, in the carriage or uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. No, that was really cool. And I think that that's really cool that they went out of their way. Cause it probably would have been easier, maybe not less expensive for what was it? 94. It probably wouldn't 92. have been... 92. Mm-hmm. It probably wouldn't have been less expensive at that time to do CGI. Mm-hmm. It probably would have been more expensive, whereas now it's the less expensive option. Yeah. You know? So much quicker, <laughs> and they're like, right. yeah, sure, let's just... Yeah, let's, you know, whatever. But, um, but like, it probably would have still been easier to put some type of CGI or computer special effect in as opposed to actually layering the film over it and cutting it exactly to specs and having Gary Oldman's face painted so the only thing you could see was his eyes and then layering that on something and then layering another thing on top Mm -hmm. of that and stuff. But it's just, I think it's really cool because, I mean, like, this was directed by the guy that gave us The Godfather. Mm -hmm. You know, this is is not a slouch of filmmaking. No. And it is a must-see movie, if for nothing else than the complete, just sheer over-the-top spectacle that it is. Extra beautiful. It's just dramatic. gorgeous. Yeah. And I, that was the like the second time I've seen that. Okay. I think. I think the first time I tried to show it to you and you didn't like and it. And I didn't. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, okay, sure, we'll watch this. And I love it the second yeah. time. Like it's oh, cool. I'm glad. Brilliant. Yeah, and it's beautiful. And then of course, like again with the trivia that we were reading about Gary Oldman behind the scenes, there's just hilarious like the things that they would wh- mm. that he would whisper into people's ears to get like certain reactions out yeah. of them and just like little things that he do- that he did. Well, there's the, the one scene where he's like the gigantic bat demon uh-huh, when, they, uh, when uh-huh. the three men come bursting in. Down and apparently he was like whispering shit in their ears that no one knows what he said, but they but he got like a super terrified reaction out of all three of them. Yeah, Francis Ford Coppola told him to whisper something scary into each cast member's ear and then what they filmed was their reaction right. to it and it was terrifying. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> just incredible like, or like um what was it where where he's like when he's first young dracula like sort of following mina through the streets mm-hmm. of london mm-hmm. and um they wanted to get a reaction out of her too. they needed to get it. like yeah. a disgusted reaction <laughs> out of her or something so and they couldn't get it they just kept trying and they just weren't getting the right reaction so he like held a cucumber behind his back and uh-huh. then held it like at belt level <laughs> when she turned around so she got this like sort of like disgusted, disgusted like... grossed out but like amused uh-huh. at the same time <laughs> such a funny character yeah. like i i can't imagine 
Um, something else that was really cool is the way that they did the shadows in the movie. Yes. Um, Francis Ford Coppola came up with the idea that when in the presence of a vampire, the laws of physics don't work correctly. So that's why they act independently and they don't kind of right. mirror what's actually going on and rats can run on a ceiling on the, upside on the down, which like is yeah. just super cool. Oh, and then liquid drips up too, which I thought was yeah. really cool. It just adds like another kind of touch of... And how many times that they filmed stuff backwards and then played it forwards? Oh. Like, um, what's her name going into oh, the grave? That's right. Oh, that's they, they actually filmed Lucy's her climbing. Beheading scene? Yeah, they actually filmed her climbing out of the the, the mm-hmm. crypt and then played it backwards played in the movie, backwards. so it has this weird like disjointed feel to it. And I wrote that down because I was like, I know I'm gonna forget this because yeah. it's it's so quick, but it's just well, beautiful. They, I'm pretty sure they did the same thing when. Um, Dracula finds the three brides feeding on Jonathan. Uh-huh. And... Yeah, and then they, like, ugh, that's... They, like, crawl backwards, so but when he creepy. comes in, he's doing this whole weird, like, hand thing. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that he did that backwards originally, also just because of the, the jumpy way that he moves in that. Yeah. But it's just, it's... It's, it's effective. I it's wish... It's easy, and it's an effective right. way to show that something's just... Super creepy. I just wish that more paranormal, more mainstream horror would stop relying so heavily on big budget special effects. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, like this, this this is a genre that's been doing just fine with caro syrup and food coloring. Yeah, for like eighty years. You know, you don't have to do a bunch of fake. <laughs> the better the better horror movies to me are the simpler ones. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The more effective ones. The Lighthouse. lighthouse. <laughs> exactly. The Witch. Definitely. That movie was shot in natural light. Mm-hmm. That never happens. That's suicide for a movie to be shot in natural lighting. Such a great movie. Yeah. It's something that we quote almost every single day yeah. still. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think that might be, besides Bela Lugosi's, which, I mean, granted, that's kind of a gimme. Mm-hmm. You know, Bela Lugosi's mm-hmm. Dracula is kind of like, oh, so you like breathing, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, but I think that I actually do think that the Francis Ford Coppola uh, Dracula might be my favorite Dracula, especially because of Gary Oldman and how he plays the character. I think it's just, and we're I'm sorry, guys, we our our dog wants our attention, and she is currently um, on the other side of the door crying because it's her birthday today. And, and she doesn't know that. <laughs> no matter how many times I try to tell her. Yeah. But, like, we can't both be in the same room together without her in yeah, that room. because she has she separation gets... anxiety. So it's hilarious <laughs> and sad. And sad. But, um... But, like, we're literally, like, five feet away from her. So yeah, she can hear, hear us, but she can't see us, so she thinks that we're gone forever. Yes. But... She wants to join in the conversation, <laughs> even though she doesn't speak. Yeah. I'm glad that you had to throw that in. Like, our dog can't talk, by the no, way. No, no. Yeah? I mean, like, she doesn't do, like, the dog, like, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Only if she's real excited. Yeah. That's what I meant. All right. Obviously, All right, she fine. can't talk. By the way, I wouldn't, I don't know if you knew this, but our dog is special. She can't talk. Sorry, my testicles summer. <laughs> my testicles summer. Rick and Morty. Um, well, let's see here. All right, well, how about we take a break there? See what the fuck our dog's problem is. <laughs> and get a message from our sponsors in. And yes. then we will be back and we'll get our top two. And then we will bounce on out of here. Yeah. Be back in a minute. 
For all of your interior design and home redecoration needs, call Dr. Caligari's cabinets today. We will build your cabinets for your dishes and bowls, or maybe your action figures, or we will even build one that fits a sleepwalking murderer. Call Dr. Caligari's cabinets today. Thank you. Right, and we are back. Uh, we did go out and play with the dog for a while, so don't worry. We're not monsters. We're not. Not just going to force our dog to lie inside on a beautiful, what month is this? April. April. Afternoon. <laughs> um, so yeah, we did take her out. We played with her for a while, and then now, now we're back. Now she's happy. For, for now. She's probably going to cry she's, again. She's probably going to cry happy, again. So but, we're you know, sorry in advance. Say lovey. There's nothing we can <laughs> <do>. <laughs> Tried. All right, now we're in our top two. Woohoo! Number two, honestly, like this, this is one of our favorite movies just ever made. Ever. Just <laughs> seriously, ever. It's it, it, it's what we do in the shadows, um, a docu style horror comedy about vampire flatmates. Um, there, there's really not a solid plot to the movie because it is supposed to just sort of be a day in the life of these ancient vampires that are all fucking morons. But it is the <laughs> fucking funniest movie i've ever seen seriously it's just it's amazing hilarious i actually do want to just give a shout out though because of our tattoo artist oh yeah, troy, troy troy you are the reason that we watched this movie in the first place troy, and my god we've watched it what forty thousand times since that, that? that sounds about right roughly honestly. yeah, yeah roughly Within, give or like, take the past um it came out in 2014 but i feel like we only knew about it like two years ago or yeah something. It actually came up when I was getting my Nosferatu tattoo. So it's been at least like three or four years. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Oh, that was my chair making a loud, ominous noise. Oh. Huh? Guess I'll die. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what we do in the shadows, it's Jemaine Clement from Flight of the Concords. It's Taika Waititi, Taika. who has directed, including this one, three of our favorite movies ever. Yes. Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok, another hilarious movie that just we watched. Just gut-bustingly so <laughs> funny. And Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit. Which is all of my favorite things in one movie. It's mm-hmm. funny, it's touching, it shows Nazis losing. Mm-hmm. It's just all it of my favorite things. It will make you cry, but it, it'll make you cry laughing as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, speaking of crying laughing, the line we picked up last night for the first time where... Uh, <laughs> oh, yep, I had to write it down. Or Vlad. Vlad, who's Jermaine Clement. Jermaine, yeah. <laughs> He's all old and, and depressed wrinkly. because his ex-girlfriend is back in town. And he goes, leave me to do my dark bidding on the internet. And Viago goes, what are you bidding on? He goes, I'm bidding on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I had never caught that line before, which amazes me because it's like a very prominent, like there's nothing else going on. I laughed for like five minutes after that. <laughs> just I just thought I like my heart was gonna stop. I was laughing so hard. Leave me to do my dark beating on the internet. <laughs> no, he was he was seriously laughing, like bent yeah. over, sitting down, yeah. laughing. It was amazing. There was another line that we actually caught last time that we've never caught before, and it's when um, Jackie, it's Deacon's familiar, mm-hmm. calls her child Akasha. Yeah. So that's hilarious. Which, yet another call back to honorable mention, Queen Queen of the Damned. Damned. (laughs) Akasha being the queen of all vampires, the creator of all vampires. And, uh, but yeah, I thought that was really hilarious. Yeah, we were like, 
after watching it so many times, you still catch things that you haven't caught before. Right. And that just shows that just shows the, the real brilliance of it because there are so many movies you watch it once and then that's sort of it. There's nothing else to sort of mm-hmm. get out of it or whatever. And it's like, we've been watching this movie fairly regularly. Yeah. You know, and honestly, like, I, I think we watched the first episode of the TV show and just never... It's like, yeah, we, we tried like two, but it wasn't the same people, so it wasn't... Right. Like, if it was Taika Waititi and Jermaine... And, and the guy that plays Deacon. Deacon, oh Absolutely. yeah, no, he's Deacon is just fucking hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for those of you who haven't seen it, it is, it's supposed to be like a camera team is following around real vampires. And in the house, there's Viago, who is Taika Waititi, and he's like 380 years old. And he's supposed to be like Louis from Interview with the Vampire. Right, he's supposed to be this, he's described as a German dandy from the 1800s <laughs> yeah, or something. That's right. Um and then there's Vlad, who is obviously based off Vladislav. of Vladislav, <laughs> um, and he is based off of uh, Gary Oldman's Dracula specifically. Um, and then there's Deacon, who's supposed to be the young, handsome party boy, and he is none of those. No, it's, uh, <laughs> the, the trivia was like he reflects Bela Lugosi's Dracula. Okay, I can see that. Okay, I can definitely see that. Very, you know. Kind of charismatic. Oh and, my god, you know, and his dancing. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm trying to do an erotic dance for my <laughs> friends. <laughs> like, still laugh every single time. And then, of course, you can't forget Peter. And of Peter. course not Peter, who is basically the Nosferatu. He's the bald head, big pointy ears, giant fang teeth. And one. he does not say a line of dialogue in the entire movie. He's 8,000 years old. <laughs> and... He might be my favorite part of the entire film. Um, I there's just there there are just there are three specific scenes that I can think of that just if he weren't in them they wouldn't be funny, and it's the one where they're chasing Nick and Nick, the other girl yep. through the house. So they they like in this one scene they lure in. Nick is also kind of like a main character too, and yeah, he Nick, always Nick is supposed to be the Twilight vampire. Edward, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Edward from Twilight. Yeah. And, uh, Shut up! You're not Twilight. You're not Twilight. <laughs> um, but the there's the one scene where Deacon is talking about how he got transformed into a vampire, and he's like, "I used to be a peddler, and I was walking through the woods, and I came upon this creepy castle, and I went from fucking that's scary." <laughs> And then all of a sudden, this huge creature comes down and attacks me and drags me to his lair. And it was Peter. It was Peter. And I'm just Peter's both just sitting, sitting there, there, like, inter- in, in, like um, interview style. Yeah. Just like, Peter's you know, like, nodding. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That was me. And Peter it's just, but, oh my God, it's so funny. Utterly ridiculous. But my favorite part, besides Peter, are the werewolves. Well, werewolves, not swearwolves. Well, werewolves. I'm the alpha male. <laughs> Andrew says that to me way <laughs> too often. And like... I do, and I'm not ashamed of it. You know why? Because I'm the Oh, my, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Basically, they're, the, the, the werewolves in this movie are the best part because it's like, so they're the vampires in the movie which are try, who are trying to maintain their level of vampiric superiority, and they're trying to be these scary, even though they're not. Like, there's not a single shred of them being scary oh, at no. all. They're the all only morons. thing that's scary is the transformation scene. Right. Which is incredible. Yeah. Like, being... Humans being transformed into werewolves is always, like, yeah. the best scene. It absolutely is. Oh, incredible. We'll have to do an American Werewolf in London episode. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, we could probably spend Ginger 30 Sims. minutes just talking about that first transformation scene. Oh, yeah. By itself. 
but, but um, anyway, yeah, the the werewolves are hilarious. But the werewolves are like they're in a, like an AA support group because <laughs> they're all trying to not be werewolves. You know, they're all trying to be like really super decent people. You know, when they're not werewolves and they have this whole like, you know, like they'll you know they they like you know they make sure that everybody's wearing sweatpants so that when you transform into a werewolf you don't rip your jeans. You don't rip your jeans. Yeah, you take <laughs> off all the clothing. That yeah, you and you keep. you know you try and you chain yourself to a good strong tree so you don't <laughs> you go don't off and kill. You kill know, everyone. <laughs> it's just it's just so funny, but like. There, I, I, you know, talking about the movie and quoting it like really doesn't do it justice. No, not because at all. it is a very situational. Like you can quote Monty Python and people know exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about and everything, but like the the dialogue in it is so documentary it's that so it's just stupid. it's very difficult to sort of translate it into just like oh yeah, and then there was this one part. Oh yeah, and then there was this one yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. But it's just absolutely one of our favorite movies ever. And the werewolves are actually going to be getting their own movie. Yes, which is going to be. Exciting. Which apparently is called Werewolves. Yeah. Yeah. W- like e- we, we, yeah, we are wolves. We are wolves. <laughs> werewolves. Yeah, we're wolves. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're they're great and they 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 pay homage. Like it's so it's so cool to me because they make fun of it without making fun of it. Definitely. You know they don't yeah. think they don't call the vampires stupid. Just these vampires are stupid. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, because then they go to the dark the dark masquerade at the end of the movie and everyone else is like way more situated and way more functional as vampires and they're more way scarier together and they, you know? <laughs> they understand things and um and then uh what was vlad actually has gary oldman's boob hair yeah, the boob hair well. as we call it the big domed weird looking wig thing you know the movie little nicky and who oh my god what was his name he was in weeds I don't remember but I know that I saw a guy cosplaying as the character that you're talking about and I laughed Oh yeah, no, that was like hours. one of my favorite cosplays yeah. I've ever seen. Well, anyway, and little Nicky, he he gets punished and get they he gets boobs put on his head and that's just what Gary Oldman's hair reminds me of. Yeah. It's boob head from little Nicky. Yep. Because I mean, just compare it. That'll be your It one. it definitely yeah. Yeah, take <laughs> notes. Boobs, head, hair boobs, head, you know. All right, and Vlad, now Vlad does that. Did you have any other Oh yeah, no, there's okay. um one more thing is that another reason why I feel like we don't catch everything the first time is because there was 125 hours of footage that were filmed for that movie that they had to cut down to an hour and a half. Yeah. 125 hours to an hour That and is half. insane. It took them almost a year. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that is, that I is an unreasonable... I want to see the extra footage. Please yeah. release that as the TV show. Are right. you serious? Yeah, just like, cut it all up. That'll yeah. be fine. Oh my god. I wish that they could put out like a director's cut at least. Or you just get all hundred and like yeah. you know, hundred and twenty three and a half hours that weren't used and you just sit through that, you know. Or even just like the Polaroids that they took, like all right. of those strange photos, like at the end of the movie. Yeah. Amazing. No, it's great, a, it's a it's a movie. brilliant, brilliant movie. Hilarious. Even though your dad doesn't like it, it's fine. Let's not throw him under the bus <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> You're getting written out of the will. No. <laughs> Who's dying? I don't know. <laughs> now we will go to our number one Number one Sorry if that was really loud. Which is Interview with a Vampire. Interview with a Vampire. 
the film adaptation of Anne Rice's amazing novel telling the tale of a vampire's tragic life as he dicks, 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 tastes, as he dick, what? Dictates. Dictates it to an unassuming journalist. Journalist. I can't speak. I had, I had one white clot. I'm just off the rails. You're crazy. Oh my God. I'm a fucking mess. Um, so arguably what besides, besides maybe a handful of movies in the vampire genre, this might be the best vampire movie ever made. Incredible. One of my like most watched movies. Like there are parts of it where I can still quote, not as good as I used to. Yeah. No, I know. I remember there was the one scene where, like, you were, like, quoting dialogue verbatim. That's the, her blood course in my veins, sweeter than life itself. <laughs> I have it written down right here. I have crossed oceans of time. <laughs> Wrong movie! <laughs> <laughs> and then the, I was born to darkness. Yeah. No, it's very quotable. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, two and a half hours long or something. So, for, for all you Anne Rice fans out there we might not have put queen of the damned on here but we definitely could not pass up interview with the but vampire. it's fine because a lot of people apparently hated the queen of the damned movie for numerous and reasons raised herself, but, so it's fine. yeah but which i totally understand totally understand why people love it though yes you know like it is it is a fun movie and his name Stuart townsend yes is fucking perfect as lestat those girls but, girl yeah yeah no he's he's awesome yeah but Interview with the Vampire is just um, it's a crazy movie. It is. It's it's one of the best. I love, I, I do, as far as the book goes, they don't leave a lot out. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I, I've had the book for years, but I've never read it. Yeah. I can never focus. It's fine. <laughs> but, um, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, like I've, I've, read, <laughs> I've read the series a couple of times. And uh, at least the first four. I don't think I've ever really read anything past that. But okay. I've read the Interview three, with the Vampire. So. Yeah, Interview with the Vampire, Queen of the Damned, Lestat the Vampire, and uh, Men Knock the Devil. Or like, yeah. Either way. Whatever. Which, if they made... They I've need read to the make... book at least. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> they need to make that into a movie, though, even though... They do. They really do. That would be an amazing... Just next Queen of the Damned yeah. for now, and then just... But I, I, do, I do always think it's kind of funny that that movie is Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Amazing. Because that's like at the peak of their like that was a, like when they were like the biggest movie stars. So I don't think because we were, what I was four when that when movie I was came two. out. Yeah, yeah. ninety four. So it's like oh. I don't think I ever really have been able to grasp the level of popularity that that movie had. Yeah, because, I mean it still does. Yeah, it's still like. But I mean, when it first came out, like it's one of the top grossing horror films of all time. Really? Yeah. Ugh, like it's to huge. Watch it in theaters. And um, wasn't it that Anne Rice, well, I know that Anne Rice had a conniption when she found out that Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise was, was cast as Lestat, mm-hmm. um, but then later wrote him a letter of apology because yeah. of how good he did with the character, mm-hmm. which I firmly stand by. I think, I think you know, Tom Cruise is batshit crazy, but he is an amazing actor. Correct. Like, I just rewatched The Last Samurai a couple weeks ago, and that movie is still... Just one of the best things I've ever seen. Minority like Reports. Oh, brilliant. Minority Report is so good. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like I haven't seen much with just him in it. I'm not too big of a fan. I'm not like a huge, huge fan, but I do. I there are movies teeth. that he's in. <laughs> <laughs> <Fuck> you. <laughs> you noticed that the, the vampire teeth corrected that, right? No, they didn't. They still had to be crooked, too. What do you mean? No, they, they were like veneers. When they had on like... Oh, were they? Yeah, they were veneers, so he didn't have his center tooth. That was that was one of it. Allie's one of the the first things that Allie told me when we like 
when we first started dating seriously. It's my one piece of trivia that I love to tell people. Yeah, if you ever, like, look at a, look at a p- picture of, of Tom Cruise straight on, of him smiling. And you will notice the center tooth. His tooth is like a tombstone. Like, it's a thing. If you actually <laughs> Google it, like, it's a thing. It's like middle fucking C on a piano, you know? it's I'm like, like, there's nothing wrong with it. I just think it's funny. This is hilarious. Because yeah. I don't like him because he's a Scientologist. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. But, um... Amazing movie, great, beautiful set. Beautiful, the beautiful The most filming. beautiful, like it was actually filmed back then, is what yeah. it looks like to right. me. Like, no, I know, you're right. Yeah. I think actually my favorite set in the entire movie, Even besides, the, outfits, besides like, oh. the, the, the theater of the vampires, mm-hmm. my favorite set is their apartment in France, where it has like those big, huge, lush draperies on the walls, oh, and then yes. like... Um, that weird center chair thing. Yeah, and then they play, and then she's playing the harpsichord and, like, these beautiful dresses, and, like, it's just, they're just, there's not a detail out of place no. in that entire movie. No, between, yeah, the costume design, the makeup, mm-hmm. which I read that the actors had to hang upside down for about a half an hour so that they could trace the veins, the veins on their faces, yeah. which I think is insane. Which is cool, though, because then that means, like, in anger, like, in scenes where they have to show anger or they're running, Mm -hmm. then you don't see a real vein going off over here and then the fake vein going, you know, like, it'll map. Oh, that's such a crazy way for them to do it. I feel like it could have been done easier. Because Brad Pitt actually had a terrible time. Yeah, no, he hated filming the movie. Because of, was it was, like, the makeup and probably... The, his beautiful wig. Mm-hmm. I would love that hair. No, he said like all of like, just... In the contacts. He did I not mean, enjoy any of it. Colored contacts yeah. are terrible. Awful. Yeah. Like, I wear contacts normally, and they're not as bad as colored contacts. Yeah. Colored contacts, of course, look cool. Right. But you see the color when you look through it, so it just distorts everything. Yeah. And that was... I, I can't even imagine acting with them. Yeah. Which is probably why he was miserable. Right. Yeah, it must be. It would be, probably be super difficult to like stay in character when you have this thing in your eye. <laughs> it's like yeah, you have to, to battle focus that. Yeah. and they get really dry and. Mm. Um, Louis is just an amazing character. Like he cared so much about still being good and trying not he, like trying to, to hold kill on to that semblance and, of humor. Uh, so it's not. He didn't ask for it. Right. Like, Lestat. Well, he kind of did, though. That's drama the, no, that's the interesting thing, though. Mm-hmm. Is that the, at the beginning of the movie, he was mourning the loss in the book. It was his brother. But in, in the movie, he's mourning the loss of his wife, and his, wife. Of his ba- mm-hmm. and his baby. And he had given up entirely. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, like, egging people on to kill him in the bar. Like, where he's, you know, the guy catches him cheating at cards or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's, like, actively trying. He had just totally given up. So that's why... Lestat says, I'm going to give you the choice that I was never given. So Lestat takes him to death's door, like drains him almost completely of blood and says, either I let you die here or I give you eternal life. And then I personally think like, and I, 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 you know, this is one of those questions that goes back. Like what superpower would you like, you Mm -hmm. know, would you become a vampire or wouldn't you? And there's a part of me that says, yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, you live forever, you don't have to worry about disease anymore, you know, you can kind of go in and out of society as you deem necessary, like that kind of stuff. But then it's like, at the same time, then I would watch everybody around me die. Exactly. And that's the one thing that I don't like either. Right. Like, and it's like... Having and then, to lose everybody until 
or unless you turn them into a vampire and then they could hate their life for right. it. Like, well, that's that's what Lestat that. deals with in in the vampire Lestat. Oh yeah, is that he his his lover um, Nicholas? I think is his name. Yeah, uh, he's dying. And Lestat changes him into a vampire, and he very quickly begins to resent Lestat to the point where he kills himself. He exposes himself to sunlight. Oh, God. And kills himself that way. Oh, and then um, Lestat's mother is dying of tuberculosis. Lestat transforms her into a vampire. And then after, I think it's like 50 or 100 years, they end up going their separate ways because they can't stand being around each other anymore. Well, Because the resentment there is just right. Versus Lestat... And how Louis, Louis sets the house on fire. Well, his own house on fire at first. Right. And then he sets Lestat on fire. <laughs> yeah. And then he sets the theater of vampires on fire. On fire. Amazing. Yeah, no. He L- looks... Louis has an arson fetish. He does. Yeah. And he looks great with a scythe. Yeah, with a scythe, yeah. I, I always thought that, that was just the most badass thing I've ever seen. Oh my god, like yes. Him with the fire half. behind yeah. him, just holding the scythe and his beautiful hair. Yeah. Alright, we get it. It's Brad Pitt. Alright, I, I got it. <laughs> Speaking of Ocean's Eleven. Um, hey. Mm. Seriously. Yeah. And then, speaking of hair, Armand. Oh, yes. Antonio Banderas. And Antonio Banderas. He's just the coolest. And he's really the only one, to me, that comes across as, like, vampire. You know, mm-hmm. like, ancient evil. He's very poised. He doesn't yeah. speak speak much and I feel like a lot of the times when if characters speak too much kind of takes away like the mysterious yeah. well the sloth. I think in the in the timeline I think it's like Lestat had been a vampire for like 30 years or something before interview with the vampire. So he was still like an irrational young kid in the world of vampires. Okay. And Louis obviously was very emotional because he had just been handed all of this. And then Armand, if I'm not mistaken, Armand is as old as Marius. So Armand is like one or 2000 years old. Um, so, I mean, it kind of shows that, you know, the older the vampire becomes, the more withdrawn and the more poised and quiet and sort of temperate they mm-hmm. become. But, um, but yeah, I thought, I thought, uh, I thought Armand is just one of the most iconic with the long, flat, black hair and, those and the super and... white complexion mm-hmm. and like the, you know, the very, very deathly pale, like there's still a little bit of pallor, like mm-hmm. a little bit of, of a color to Lestat and Louis. Like, it's almost like they haven't gone completely into undead, you know, but like Armand is like white as a sheet. Yeah. And he has like those super long nails and like the long That's black crazy. and red flowing robes yeah. and everything. Yeah. I thought that was really phenomenal. Yeah, the outfits I would love to wear. But, like the dresses that Claudia had. Yeah. I love Claudia. And, uh... You're not too big of a fan of Claudia, right? It's... it. Uh, I think she's... I a, feel for her. I think <laughs> she... Know? No, I, I yeah. know. I absolutely. I think she... I think she is actually probably one of the only characters in the book that did exactly what she should have done. Or in the movie. That did exactly what she should have done. Like, she was transformed into a vampire when she was five. Yeah. You know? And it's like... To be... A forty or fifty year old woman in the body of a five year old. Yeah. You know, oh, never being able imagine. to experience anything outside of frilly dresses and dolls. 
but having the lifetime can't experience change hair, can't nothing. change her hair, nothing, you know, exactly. And so it's like, it makes sense that she made herself a companion. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that she. What a great companion too. Yeah. Someone who just like lost their child. Right. So they found like solace in each other. Right. And then died a terrible way. It's yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible way because they killed. And that's, and then it's, and then that's the tragic irony though, is that they killed they killed her and and her new companion because they murdered Lestat and Lestat didn't die. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't, you know, so they died in vain because they actually didn't commit the crime that they were accused of. But terrible. Yeah. Great emotional movie. But though. no, I just yeah, it's I think uh, I remember the scene right when Louis gets changed into the vampire for the first time. I remember the scene where it shows that the statue of the angel like looks at him mm-hmm. because he can see the nighttime in new mm-hmm. ways now because he is, you know, the creature of the night or whatever. And, um, that used to freak me out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That used to really freak me out. And the theater of the vampire scene. That was really the only other oh, scene that, that really scene scared is, me. That scene still scares me. Because she doesn't know right. that they're real. She doesn't know what's going on. Right, like, exactly. And then they kill her so... on stage. Yeah. And nobody in the audience knows, but they kind of do know. Like, right. that was... No, that was real. She yeah, that was actor. really weirdly realistic. Yeah. yeah. No, that scene has terrified me. Yeah. And I, like... As soon as I... I see the mime. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no. Here we go. Yeah. Like, I know that this scene is going to happen soon. Yeah. Terrible. No, that's, that's, a, that's a brilliant, it, brilliant scene. It, foreshadows how terrible the rest of that crew is right and then it also shows because it's like you know louis the first time that louis ever actually stands up to him for himself is to armand yeah because he's like Which oh a person so, stand up right to. exactly a two thousand year old master <laughs> vampire yeah um one of the ancients um but yeah the uh the um the scene where Louis finally stands up to Armand and is basically like, you said that vampires don't need companions, then why are you fighting so hard for me? Yeah. You know, like, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I've just lost my friend. I've lost my daughter, you know, like all this stuff. And, uh, yeah. No, it's a, it's a very tragic story. It, it is. It really is. There's not, there's no happy ending. There's no... No. Um, then Lestat comes back in the end and pretty much kills the journalist <laughs> yeah and then you find out that in that moment that claudia died for no reason right yeah exactly Freaking Lestat, drama queen. no you don't find out there you find out when louis oh that's goes right to when louis after he was done mm-hmm, yeah he was done that scene was very strange and i wrote that down too mm-hmm. where he was done in the movie theater and then he finds him in that old house and then there's the whole scene where the helicopter for some reason is on like the second floor pointing into those windows. Right, and you're like in the French Quarter, so it's like those those There's houses. There's no way that a helicopter would have been able to get through there. Right, and then that he's helicopter like, oh, it's was like twenty false sunlight. Right. Yeah, that helicopter would have been like twenty feet above the ground. Which and it was just bizarre because, I, I mean, like at first it, it wasn't something that I thought of, but then I'm like, wait a second, why is there a helicopter I, shining through I this window? I never once thought of that. Yeah. yeah. So. Let us know if you've caught that, actually, and if you've wondered that same thing, yeah. because it's such, like, a throwaway scene. Yeah. Like, Lestat's like, Bleh. Yeah, he's all old and deprived of blood, and then... 
But sad I, and you know, <laughs> the way so, that he turns around in the chair with his feet. Yeah. You know. Nice, nice little sound effect there. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. That's what I'm here. And um, well, one of the things that I always thought was interesting is that apparently, I can't remember. I don't think Anne Rice wrote the book with Sting in mind, but I think that she originally wanted, like, Sting was one of the ideas for playing Lestat. Like, she wanted, that was one of the ones that she brought to the table of people that she thought could play, could play Lestat. Mm-hmm. Which is funny, because, yes, I have the pop vinyl right there. Um, the police in general, right there. Yes, they right next to Weird Al. But, um... But the, 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 the funny thing, though, is that on the, the Sting album, Dream of the Blue Turtles, he has the song Moon Over Bourbon Street, which mm-hmm. is about either Lestat or Louis. It's never, mm-hmm. it's never defined. But it was inspired because Andy Summers, the guitarist of The Police, gave Sting Interview with the Vampire when it first came out. Oh, that's funny. And he read it and was just just completely blown away by it and ended up writing that song after the police broke up. Hmm. And, um, That's interesting. and that was, that was always one of the things that I heard is that they were, it came down at one point between, um, Sting and Tom Cruise and one other person. I can't remember who it was to play with stat. I can't remember either. But, but I always thought that that was funny because like, did amazing. cause well, the song came out, Almost ten years sort of before. Like ten years earlier. Yeah, yeah, ten years before the movie. Mm-hmm. So he just had that sort of That's funny. ingrained. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's really a beautiful movie too. Like there's not, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing over the top about it. No. It's very realistic to mm-hmm. the era and to the the social class that they were part of and everything. You know, it was like they were wealthy. So these the houses were that they lived in were just opulent and just covered in beautiful and statues. Velvet yeah, and, yeah, exactly. It was just mirrors amazing. that they don't need. Right. You know, just yeah. kind of gives them away a little bit. Right. I think that scene in uh, in uh, what we do in the shadows, where they're at the dark, the dark masquerade, and everybody's dancing on the dance floor, and then they show the the uh, <laughs> stew, and then there's <laughs> the there's stew and the zombie. Yeah, and those are the yeah, only people right, in the, the mirror. Zombie. Yeah. He was like, wait, are you? <laughs> are you pre-deceased? Pre-deceased, yeah. that's what it was. Are you pre-deceased? That was another, that was another line that we didn't catch. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. But, um... Oh, and then there was the other one. There's the scene where Louis, um, torches his house at the beginning when he mm-hmm. they first escaped Louisiana. And I remember watching on a documentary, I think it was, that they actually built a very small miniature of the house uh-huh. and then lit that on fire and then superimposed that in to where like on the you know on the green screen you know um on the pathway that uh-huh. leads up to that house so they're actually like in that scene you're actually like watching like a like a three foot tall house burning hilarious yeah i mean you would never want to burn down one of those plantations like right. no way well, so yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean bad things can happen there i guess but yeah Beautiful architecture. Right. Yeah, I mean, you could burn it down if you want. <laughs> Everything dies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I... Like Louis burned down houses. <laughs> yeah. Don't listen to me. <laughs> yeah. We're vampires. We burn down houses for a living. <laughs> but, uh, I'm trying to think what other... What other scenes there are. Because it's a very slow-paced movie. 
while also not at the same time. Because you kind of think about it and there's, there's a lot that very, happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but... I love the sequence, though, when they first move to France and then, like, Claudia sort of grows into her own and she learns how to, like, play with her prey before she kills them and everything and she, like begins to sort of hold on to the whole idea, okay, well, I can use the whole little girl thing again, you know, in my favor. Mm-hmm. So she's, like, sitting on the bench, and she's like, I miss my mom. And then the woman's yeah, like, oh, monsieur, like, oh, it'll be okay. Aww. And she just, like, digs into her jugular. Like. But, um, I'll take advantage of it, too. Yeah. And like, again, what we do in the shadows, where there are the two young girls, and he's like... Yeah, are you going after any perverts tonight? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go, fi- go kill some pedophiles. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And, uh, Using your powers for good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's, if I'm not mistaken, that's sort of where Louis goes in the story, is that he stops, if, uh, it is, again, it's been a long time since I've read the books or anything, but I think Louis ends up sort of focusing on only killing people that sort of deserve it, mm-hmm. which makes it very difficult for him to feed. Or he goes after, like, old people, you oh, know, and stuff yeah. like that. So, but, um, but yeah, no, He's it's... just trying to be a good guy. Yeah. So it goes. But I do I do also really love um, Christian Slater's character in it. He mm-hmm. plays he plays the part of he goes very quickly from not believing at all to believing and not questioning anything. Until oh, yeah. the end where he's like, Make me the vampire and Louis is like, Didn't you listen to me at all? Like yeah. this life sucks. This? Like this is bullshit, you know. But Alright, well, um, I did want to throw out a couple of other honorable mentions that we don't have to discuss, but a couple of my other favorite uh, modern mm-hmm. horror movies that would not be in the top five, but maybe a top ten. One of them would be 30 Days a Night. Of course. Ugh. Which is just one of the scariest vampire movies ever. The and that's, scariest vampires, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, and that, that to me... Danny Houston, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that to me is a little bit more... Josh Hartnett, <laughs> Yeah. If we ever do a TV episode, we should do Penny Dreadful so we can Definitely. talk about Josh Hartnett. But. Yes. Um, and Eva Green. And Eva Green. Together. Yep. Forever. Forever. I love that show. But uh, 30 Days of Night, I think, kind of delves more into the animal side of the vampire Ooh, as opposed yeah. to the classy suit and tie wearing, you know. You know, they're definitely more like like wolves, like ripping out throats and... Yeah. Oof, or, you know, giant humanoid vampire bats. But, true. That too. Yeah. Um, another one, I don't think that you've seen this one yet, but um, another one that I really enjoy is, um, what is it? Uh, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. No, I haven't seen that one. Um, it is the story of a, a girl in the Iranian ghost town, Bad City. Um, it's a place that, uh, you know, it's been bombed out. It's a war-torn part of, uh... But the townspeople are unaware that they're being stalked by a lonely vampire, oh. and it's it's actually a very beautiful movie. It's in, it, it's shot in Iran and it's um, it's uh, it's a foreign film, mm-hmm. but it's all in black and white, and it's just one of the. I, I've only seen it like once or twice, mm-hmm. um, but it's just it's brilliant. And then my final honorable mention would be Let the Right One In. Yes, which I've seen. Which that is one. just a oh, masterpiece. Um, but it's. Not one that I can watch routinely, mm-hmm. so that's why I didn't want to throw it into this yeah. list, you know, um, because it is very heavy, it's watch. a little bit slower and quieter, it's much more of an indie film, 
but nevertheless. Yeah, we saw Let Me In, right? We've seen like... both. Really? Yeah, okay. we watched. We watched because I remember we watched Can't the, remember the American version first. <laughs> yeah, um, we watched the American version first because I had already seen Let the Right One In. Yes. And so I was like, well, let's check this out and see if it's any good. And it's almost like a shot-for-shot remake, but it mm-hmm. lacks a lot of the emotion mm-hmm. that the original has. And then Let the Right One In um, is a foreign film as well, and it's dubbed. And uh, that's sort of along the same lines as Claudia. It's a girl that's been a vampire forever so and is considerably older than she appears, like but she looks like mm-hmm. she's about 10 years old. Um, and her caretaker helps her find prey and stuff like that. But yeah, those are all, those are probably my other three favorite non top five modern vampire movies and underworld because fuck it. I was going to say underworld. Yeah. Yeah. My, my two other ones would be Queen of the Damned, I guess. Yeah. I've talked about it so much because like I said, I did love it when I was like 12. All right. (laughs) It was probably one of the first vampire movies I saw because I wasn't allowed to see John Carpenter's vampires and I still haven't seen it to this day. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know why. That. And, um, but I've always loved Queen of the Damned. I was, like, obsessed with that movie. It's a fun movie. I wanted to be Jesse. I know, <laughs> still, so many quotes, all the lyrics. Um, let's not talk about it. Unless you like it, then we can talk about it. <laughs> don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> and then Underworld was amazing. Yeah. Um, my mom really loved that movie, and that's when I realized. You know, another one. My love I, for Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, well, speaking yes, of Beckinsale, girl. another another really good vampire movie that I really like, which is sort of a guilty pleasure, is Van Helsing. I've never seen with, Van Helsing. With Hugh Jackman. Huge, huge Jackman. Huge Jackman. <laughs> Hugh Jackman. I love him. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale, the woman that we were just talking about. Said her name like four times. Yeah, that's fine. And, um, yeah, Underworld is more. It's very 2000s Matrix oh, outfits. Yeah. Like, how can you fight wearing pleather? Well, you're not the undead, so you would never know, would you? True, I guess. Yeah. Denise? Denise, right? No. So then, I They guess. cry blood. But that's about it. See, I love that. I want that for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, being a werewolf would be cool, too, but... I am I am more partial to werewolves anymore, but I, I think they're cooler. I haven't seen as many werewolf movies. There aren't as many. Mm-mm. They're not as romanticized as, as vampires are. Vampires so. are very old. And... Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's sort of, the, I think one of the first times that they really, in modern terms, they ever really did the werewolf any justice as being something more than just a dude that turns into a rampaging dog monster mm-hmm. was Underworld. Yeah. Where it gives them this sort of battle where they're all immortal, and, but it's just that the vampires and the werewolves hate each other, and then in Penny Dreadful, like which is my favorite take on the werewolf, oh, where he's like definitely. the demon-killing hound of God thing, oh. you know, he's like the punishment from heaven kind of thing, I love and I thought that was really, really, really cool. Ethan Chandler. Ethan Chandler. Ethan Chandler. Mr. Chandler. Alright, well, <laughs> we are going to wrap up here tonight. Thank wanna... you so much for listening. Oh. Yeah, we want to thank you. <laughs> That's what I was going to say before I tried to cut them off. Um, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week, same time, same place. And remember, we can only keep making these episodes with listeners like you, so share us, message us, and keep on listening. Stay creepy, and don't turn out the light. Bye.